Um, right, I'm joined now by um, John Moore and Sarah Martin. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. How's that Wellington water treating you? Uh, the Wellington water is nice. Uh, it's <laughs> nice and clean, thanks. Beautiful, beautiful. Yep. Um, yeah, it's Dunedin water. It's always been a shambles. Used to get it from a place yes. called Swampy Summit. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right as I see it off here. Um, it's not affecting me, so I'm living the life of luxury, really. Uh, you were right then. Yeah. Are you yeah. selling your water, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no. I just walk down the street with an extra long hose, just spraying it everywhere, just showing people how my water's fine, and they can't touch it. Uh, all right. Let us begin with uh, one news: Colmar Brunton poll. Uh, Labor's rise continues at the expense of the Greens. The Nats are down a touch as well. But I'd just like to add, as I uh, do with polls. Uh, the Commonwealth Brunton poll is 100% a landline poll. Uh, so personally, I do not see it as a fair representation of New Zealand. Um, but l- nevertheless, uh, the Greens will be panicking and Labour will be rejoicing, John. Yes, and, and as people say, uh, the only poll that counts is election night or election day. So, and especially at the moment with, with politics being so fluid in New Zealand and obviously people's uh, alliances with various parties and their, their thoughts about various leaders are rapidly changing. Um, then yes, even if this poll is representative and that's questionable, uh, we, we could expect completely different figures on the next poll. But yeah. clearly uh, Labour is on the upsurge, um, up 13% to 37%. Um, the Greens are down to a staggering 4%, so yeah. that's a real risk for them. They could be wiped out from Parliament. Um, yeah. uh, a lot of people were saying, no, that's not going to happen. There's a, uh, there's, a, there's a strong base of, say, uh, 6 or 7% that always goes to the Greens. But um, I think it is a real danger that the Greens could be wiped out. You know, if people get... If, People feel there's a certain momentum, and in, in, in a sense, there's a negative momentum for mm. the Greens, a positive one for Labour. Uh, then people might say, "Well, uh, if Greens going to get under five percent, then it's a wasted vote." Yeah, yeah. Well, that was exactly the next uh, question I was going to ask Sarah. Uh, you know, is that really going to be the problem, or will this spark those lazy voters um, that you know might not have got off the couch and sat there? Oh, no, now, you know, because every, every party's got a few lazy voters, and no doubt the Greens do too. Do you think it might spark those ones into action? Well, that's exactly the question, isn't it? I mean, is it going to either propel all the um, kind of, as you say, the the non-committed voters? Is it going to compel them to um, do their thing to save the Green Party? Mm. Or is it going to have the opposite effect of people giving up um, and thinking, well, if I vote for the Greens and they're under 5%, it's a wasted vote? Yeah, yeah. I personally hope it's that it um, motivates people to get in. I think it would be a shame for the Greens to um, lose their representation in Parliament. Um, but, you know, this is just one poll. I, I think, you know, the Greens have been quite upfront that they're, they're concerned about it and that they've got a lot of hard work to do. Um, but, you know, I think if we start seeing a trend in polls um, that are giving the same result, then... Um, then there'd be real cause for concern. Mm-hmm. Of course, it does um, you know, point to the flaw in our MNP system that you have to get 5% in order to get a seat in Parliament. So, um, you know, people who are voting, who are supporting the smaller parties like TOP and possibly the Greens, um, you know, that, that 2%, 2%, 4%, that's still thousands and thousands of voters yeah. who support those policies but um, will miss out on representation if their party doesn't get to 5%. 
So, um, yeah, I think it, it does show a flaw, system flaw in the system, but obviously for the Greens, they've got a lot of work to do to turn um, turn that number around. They most certainly do. Um, it would be interesting to see what actually happens around Nelson now, because the, the Greens are standing a couple of candidates this year, like seriously taking the seat mm. serious. Um, and, you know, I've, uh, I'm hearing a lot from friends of mine up there, and of course I live in a bubble of everybody I know, uh, vote, vote <laughs> pretty much similar to, to, the, to the way... I, to the way I do. Yeah, of course. Well, they're leaning towards being my friend. My last name's Green, <laughs> so it all works out. Um, but, um, so, you know, they might have to start actually putting some effort behind actually winning a seat. I think, though, really they just need to concentrate on the party vote. Um, it's too much of a risk to rely on getting a seat, and therefore, under our MMP system, if you get under 5%, but you get a seat, then uh, you, you get all the, um, you get that percentage of seats allocated to you in yeah. Parliament. Um uh, I think the biggest danger for the Greens is that if Labour throws them under the bus again, and Which if the Labour will. leadership indicates that uh, really a vote for the Greens is a wasted vote, uh, and that if you want a so-called progressive government, you should give your vote to Labour. And yeah. I think that's a real possibility, uh, because it, it, it doesn't work in Labour's favour if, say, the Greens get 3 or 4%, mm. but no MPs, because then all those uh, votes, in a sense, those... Uh, what would have been, how many seats would you get from 3 or 4%? It's allocated yeah. to all the parties evenly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Labour, it's really Nationals' gain and Labour's loss if the Greens get just under 5%. It would be, uh, from Labour's point of view, preferable if the Greens either get 5% or over or yep. get 0% essentially. Could we see a lot of these undecided voters sitting there going, you know, I kind of like the, like the looks of Labour but I don't want them to go and power with New Zealand first so I'll put my vote in with the Greens. But, um, because, you know, looking at it this way, Labour would have to go with New Zealand first. It looks like mm. a, a New Zealand first um, Labour government is a real massive possibility. So, I mean, this the whole Winston effect could actually help the Greens, mm. perhaps. I, I guess the problem with that uh, in people's mind, if they said, well, OK, I want to yeah, support the Greens to uh, have the Greens play a part in, in a new progressive government and to be able to push New Zealand first aside. First, uh, Labour or National, it looks like, would definitely need New Zealand first yeah. uh, to form a government. Um, and secondly, I, I guess Labour's given the message that uh, they've been distancing themselves from the Greens, that uh, th- there's no guarantee that regardless of what percentage the Greens get, that um, any of their members would be included in a uh, a cabinet, in a Labour-centred government, a Labour-led government. Uh, and the whole Materia uh, Ture uh, saga, I guess, has also put a lot of doubts in Green voters' minds that, that Labour... Uh, it can't be trusted. Mm, I found it quite interesting this morning watching the AM show how like they were talking about this and, and the images in the background were all of Materia. Interesting. Uh, yeah, mm. I found that real interesting. I think, you know, get rid of those images now. Materia's gone. Mm. You can't keep painting the uh, picture of the Greens of Materia. Now, um, it looks like the most important seat in the country might be around your neck of the woods, Sarah. Wellington Central. Yeah. Well, well, none of, yeah. well, I had um, well, how do you? Yes, yeah, with Peter Dunn. Um, that could be uh, a, a big one. Yeah, um, yes, it could be. Yeah, uh, are you? Do you live in that area? Are you voting in a haru or are you? I'm not. I'm, I'm voting in Wellington Central, oh. which is also a big one. If Dan Shaw could win that, I mean, if Grant Robertson could, yeah, I mean that that's not going to happen. But yeah. uh, that is a kind of fantasy scenario, isn't it? That Grant Robertson steps aside and allows James Shaw to win that Wellington Central 
speak. But um, no, it's very interesting what's happening in Oharu. Um, the key thing will be um, Greg O'Connor being able to maintain his vote. I think there's a lot of people I know, Green, left Labour people who are struggling to support someone who um, yeah. they think they think has um, not always had the most regressive policies in relation to police um, and the way the police have operated in the past um, and being the odd spokesperson for the police association. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it would be you know it would be a real game changer if um, they managed to unseat Peter Dunn because that's one guaranteed seat less for National, yeah. um, and you know its ability to form a government. Uh, I'm not sure about all the numbers, but if Peter Dunn loses, the proportionality changes in Parliament, so there are fewer seats, uh, which I think um, would favour National still being able to form a government. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's very interesting. Um, and of course, they still rely also rely on two possible seats from the Māori Party. Yes, yes, it's yep. true. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah. If I, um, it's interesting. If you know, I like Peter to go. I'm not a big fan of Peter mm. Jones, to be honest. <laughs> what a huge! I'd, he's just I'd such like a, Peter to go. I, yeah. think, you know, I mean, I think it's a rort, isn't it? Well, I just remember back in the day when he was fully staunch supporting Labour all the time, and then as soon as National gets into you know sniff a government, he was on their side. He mm. just he's just a turncoat, really. That's the way I see. Mm. Uh, well, Peter I mean, he, he represents himself. He's you know. We've been doing some policy analysis here, and you know, the future aren't putting forward any policy positions at all. So, no. I mean, it's it's he's a one-person party, really, with with no part, with no policy platform. So, <laughs> I mean, as I've heard people say, it's just you've got two national party candidates being put up, really. Um, yeah. So, I think it is a bit of an abuse of the MMP system, but. Um, it's really interesting because I am moderating a debate soon. Um, well, we're doing a backbenchers type thing down here uh, with the young factions of the parties, and there's actually a youth faction of United Future oh, down wow. here. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Like, honestly, I, I know. Must just be one lone person on campus as well. We're in bow ties. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. Peter Dunn's grandson. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. Um, but how will the Nats be feeling right now uh, off the back of this poll? Uh, they're down 3%. Uh, they're still quite quite healthy. Um, you know, preferred prime minister stakes are equaling out as well. Um, how will they be feeling? I wonder if they'll pull their candidate from Maharu to give um, Peter mm. Dunn because they do have a candidate mm. there. But that candidate is telling everyone to vote for Dunn and give them the and party they've vote. And they sent out they sent out letters throughout yeah. the electorate indicating that um, uh, national party supporters should support Peter Dunn. But, but people still will vote for national. It, it, yeah. it, it always it yeah. always happens mm. Um, mm. for 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 that uh, party member. Um, it happens uh, with um, uh, David Seymour's seat as well. Quite a few people still vote for national um but how are they how will the nets be feeling off the back of this i mean they'll be sweating a little bit now it's a real oh, I race think they'll be very nervous um you know jacinta is on an absolute upward, tre- upward trend and it's not just the party vote that's um important it's that preferred prime minister poll and she's now level pegging with um bill english which is you know very unusual for such a, an early leader so I mean, people, uh, you know, will be more likely to, uh, are increasingly likely to vote for, not necessarily the Labour Party, but her to be Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they'll be very worried, and I think we're starting to see some, some, you know, their attempts to win, this, you know, I think probably win votes back off New Zealand first to secure their position, which is possibly what's behind the boot camp. Um, announcement we had last week. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll be trying very hard to um, 
concentrate the right vote, um, yeah. which they need to do. And then it'll be interesting to see whether they also start to um, attack Jacinda. Yeah, yeah. I also wonder if they're going to start um, putting out prison terms for a lot of things too, going after mm. that sensible mm. sensing. Mm. Uh, sen- yeah, watch out for that. Yeah, 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 I think yeah, exactly. right that they uh, probably will start uh, focusing more on Jacinda Ardern uh, and, and start playing some more uh, negative politics. Dirty tricks. Uh, I think they've realised uh, during that honeymoon period, uh, um, which Jacinda Ardern has at the moment, that it, it, w- it wouldn't play in their favour to start attacking her um, attacking her politics or attacking her personally but um, they need to knock the shine off her uh, from their point of view and I I, I think um, yeah they need to scrutinise is she up is she up for the job? What are her faults? Uh, what are her belief systems? Um, how reliable is she as a as a politician? And yeah, so I think that needs to be their focus. And they need to shore up their um, uh, their coalition partners, their support partners, such as the Maori Party uh, and also Peter Dunn. So I think it's a real possibility that they might pull the um, national candidate out of that seat. So at the yeah. moment we've got Greg O'Connor on forty eight percent. This is the uh, Colmer Brunton poll, and Peter Dunn on thirty four percent. So, so it, it's a big gap, it is. Um, and I believe the national candidate is on fifteen. Um, so well, there you go. Yeah, but I, yeah. I thought the two, the national and national candidate Andrew and Peter Dunn, added up to forty-eight between the two of them, mm. which was the same as exactly the same as the, um, yeah. Greg O'Connor. So yeah, it may well be a national interest How many for the pe- candidate. Of course, people might react against that. Yeah, that's the danger that, that you're um, not you're not guaranteed to get all those national votes. No, no. I mean, I, I think the other thing that we, we, we need to look out for and that's likely to happen is is, some more, is the return of dirty politics. I mean, I think it will be risky for the National Party to attack Jacinda, given her um, rising popularity and her widespread popularity. But I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see them try to attack other members of the Labour Party um, and try and look for some scandal-driven politics around that, some dirty politics. Because I think... Uh, you know, if they can paint an image, uh, somehow do something which undermines the caucus and the, the Labour Party itself rather than Jacinda, then that may well be a safer strategy for them. And, you know, the, the dirty politics players are still are still there in the National Party and the ACT Party mm-hmm. and on the right. So, um, you know, I, I think it wouldn't be surprising if we start to see some more of those, those dirty politics tactics. Indeed. It was... Um well, just back to the Aotearoa seat, just one quickly thing. Labour hasn't had it since 1990, but Peter Dunn was the MP for Labour in 1990, and he had it for three elections. So, so last time Labour held it, it was held by Peter Dunn. Uh, all right, let's move on to what's happening over in Australia. Uh, the New Zealand Labour Party is being accused of trying to bring down the Australian government. Uh, Barnaby Joyce is a Kiwi. He loves uh, Buzzy Bees and Pavlova, uh, <laughs> and his favourite movie is Gladiator. Starring Russell Crowe. Um, <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, the Australian Constitution says you cannot be uh, a citizen of another nation and be uh, a member of the Australian Parliament. I don't know if that's uh, every level of the three tier system they have going on over there. I believe there. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know. How, the, one, the one thing that gets me at the beginning of this is how did he not know? I mean, how do these people not, you know, because it seems like there's a mm. few are coming out of the woodwork now. Mm. Uh, it's not just Barnaby Joyce. No. But how, you know, he's got a Kiwi well, dad. yeah, I mean, I can, I can kind of understand how he wouldn't know. So I read a bit about his, his father came went to New Zealand in 1947 and considered himself a British subject. 
So, I mean, it's a long time ago when citizenship and um, national identity were slightly different than they were now. So my, that's my understanding of it, that he went there in 1947 and considered himself a British subject. And I think uh, uh, it, wasn't it wasn't until 1948, it wasn't until 1948 that uh, both Australia and New Zealand um, legislated around the concept of, of citizenship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. well, that, would that not have made him half British then, uh, and maybe a British citizen, and therefore <laughs> well, he's still a citizen yeah. of another nation anyway? I don't think it's. Well, I guess the fact well, that he was born in Australia. Of the Dominion. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, he's from Tamworth. I mean, you don't get much more Aussie than <laughs> Tamworth. Yes. There's another case. There's another MP who um, um, I think mother was born in Italy. Yeah. So um, th- that MP also. Uh, There's probably a lot of MPs like that. To yes. Be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 it kind of shows the underlying, I don't know, the problems with New Ze- with Australia's um, policies around, you know, identity and immigration yeah. and national. You know, as if, you know, if you were an immigrant, a recent immigrant, you wouldn't be loyal to the country unless you renounce oh, that that citizenship. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um, you know, it's soon it's going to be like if if you, if you weren't a convict, if your if your granddad wasn't a wasn't yeah, a convict, yeah. if he didn't steal bread and get sent over here, he can't be the prime minister. Uh, generation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I imagine in Australia there'll be a push to change the constitution. I'm not sure uh, how easy or how difficult yeah. that is, but in most countries, they actually change the constitution uh, does take a lot of effort, and because of the federal system and um, in, in Australia, I'd imagine that each state has to also agree to a change in the constitution um, but at the moment it's farcical yeah uh, <laughs> I would assume this one's probably easier change than most but oh, who knows I mean we know how nationalist Australians are so yes. therefore uh, maybe not but uh, what exactly is Julie Bishop the Aussie foreign minister saying uh, about the scandal yeah I mean she's been completely over the top um, uh, She's been saying that the Labour Party in Australia has been concluding uh, um, working with a foreign power, uh, i.e. New Zealand, uh, to yeah. bring down the Australian <laughs> government. Um, what has actually gone on is that the Labour Party has been working with individuals in the Labour Party here, uh, centrally um, Chris Hipkins. So um, uh, Chris Hipkins um, asked a question or gave a written question um, in regards to the status of uh, Australians who had a New Zealand-born parent and whether that automatically gave them New Zealand citizenship. So, um, although Chris Hipkins uh, just said he was innocently asked and he had, he had no knowledge that this had any connection with what was happening in Australia, I, I don't think there's anyone out there who actually believes that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think uh, Chris Hipkins has been um, operating in an underhand way um, and... Uh, uh, a, a deceitful <laughs> way, and he, and he makes politics look bad. I mean, yeah. this is all, yeah, it's it's amusing and it's farcical, but <laughs> it also <laughs> um, uh, makes politics uh, have a bad image yeah, for the general yeah. public in Australia and here in New Zealand. Because this is nothing about policies or about principles no. or uh, about what type of society we want. This this is just uh, political game playing. Um, the, the type of game playing that that uh, that makes people feel 
to yeah. be honest, disgusted about politics. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, if this was just an everyday, everyday Joe Blog and broken the law, and someone uh, told him, told, told the cops on him, then they'd be like, oh, yep, you, you've busted a law-breaking person. Good on you, mate. But because it's politics, somehow it's dirty tactics. But it is. But you know, um, you know what? I'd really like to see the outcome of this is um, for Barnaby Joyce to be sent to Christmas Island uh, <laughs> to have to sit in there for for a while before being deported back to New Zealand. Um, just and then all of a sudden it gets reversed and he gets yes. back to. Yes, then, then he's like, well, actually, we need to change what's going on here. This is disgusting what we're doing to people. I've had to live it. I know I understand the plight. There's um, a lot of irony yeah, you know, yeah. when, when Australian MPs are across the political spectrum have used immigration and, and, and used fear of immigrants as a political tool. Well, look at last night. Oh, my God. I mean, that was amazing. That was out of control. Oh, what's this? Uh, Pauline Hanson. Oh, yes, in the burka. Oh, yes. God. <laughs> oh that was shit. Uh, any, um, Sarah, is this good or bad for New Zealand Labour? Um, you know, now it looks like you, you've got uh, Julie Bishop coming out saying, I don't think we can work with Labour. Uh, you oh. know, is, is, that so, is that a good thing for... Because for, it could be seen either way. I think yeah, you know Julie Bishop. She was just, she was ridiculous. She and you know, I think John's covered it well. She was she was completely over the top. Of, you know, say, accusing Labour of being a foreign power. And, you know, and it was it was designed to. I mean, they're obviously an attack. It's significant for them because they've got a one seat majority. So if he loses his seat, then the yeah. government's in, in trouble. But yeah, it was ridiculous inflammatory politics. Yeah. Um, designed to shift blame and um, to someone else. I mean, sure, yes, Chris Hipkins shouldn't have been interfering, but Julie Bishop, you know, really ramped it up. I, I don't think, I think it will blow over. These kind of little bits and spats do tend to blow over. Um, and of course, you'll, of course they'd work with the Labour government. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's not a fundamental breach of ANZUS or anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Jacinda handled it well. You know, she... She did handle it well. She yeah, I think she's the big winner out of all this. Yeah, she is yeah. the big winner. And um, I, I think people, New Zealanders probably like um, someone standing up to the Australians. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And not um, kowtowing to their ridiculousness. Um, and it was a mistake so, for National to uh, imply that they were siding with the Australian government right. over this issue. You know, uh, just, just from a practical point of view, where there is that rivalry uh, between New Zealand and Australia, and mm. uh, generally New Zealanders like to uh, bash the Aussies. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was quite silly of the uh, uh, National government to to not back Labour up on, on this issue from a purely pragmatic point of view. Oh, they would have been seeing points being won here, and then I think and, they've seen yeah. the total opposite. And tell me, I mean, of course they'll work together, yeah. Yeah, well... <laughs> there are millions, billions dollars worth, dollars worth of trade. Well, I, exactly. They're not going to throw it over uh, with some silly um, immigration... Scandal. And it's not like um, um, Nationals done anything for us in terms of what's going on with Australia anyway. Things have gotten worse for Kiwis over there. So, I mean, yeah. it's like, who's, no one's winning. I think, as John says, it's a silly gameplay. Yeah. Mm. But, good. I mean, it's astounding. I mean, even um, Malcolm Turnbull, the Australian Prime Minister, came out and, and accused the Australian Labour Party of conspiring with a foreign power. <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> so it, it, it's 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 a astounding rhetoric. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Very Donald Trump like. Yeah. Mm. And and uh, again, I think it, it probably points to the very interesting times that we live in. That uh, politicians feel they need to use very sort of radical and inflammatory language. 
you know, uh, and you know, we've seen it in, in America at the moment with Donald Trump indicating some level of support for uh, white supremacists oh, and uh, uh, fascists, uh, or certainly acting as an apologist. And I think, uh, um, in, a, in a strange way, this sort of rhetoric that we have coming out of Australia at the moment fits into that sort of uh, narrative and fits into that uh, that zeitgeist of uh, a new period of extreme radical politics. It's the sixties all over again. It's fear from overseas. Mm. It's the f- and it's the fear from within as well the commies and the yes. bloody Jews and the race wars it's just absolutely out of control maybe uh, Australia will start um, uh, campaigning against boat people from New Zealand oh <laughs> probably yeah like oh here comes a cruise ship chef <laughs> put them on the island oh, well Christmas this early no it's uh, it's an island and you're not going to like it um, Julie Bishop reminds me of Morag from Home and Away I don't know if you watched that show but it's exactly what she reminds me of uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, oh, we're going to have to leave it there um, thank you both for joining me this morning John Moore, uh, Sarah Martin been Cheers. a pleasure as always pleasure. brilliant, uh, have yourselves a oh. lovely oh. Oh, oh, I was just going to say I hope that water runs good soon oh, we'll, be, night. we'll be right back we're a hard bunch down here eh? yeah, well, it's yeah. the colour of spates so we love it yeah I was going to say you can always drink spates right? yeah we will, you guys drink it too we've Washing said it, it? too <laughs> you bathe in it. Oh yeah, exactly. And now our bathtubs that are outside. That's how. That's 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 the deep south. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Sarah. Cheers, John. Okay. Okay. Great. See you. Yeah. <laughs>